Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Faith in It with Kay. So this week, Shar and I are continuing our conversation on suicide. So t- tonight, I was tonight, today, this evening, whenever you're listening, we are talking about suicide in the church. Um, it's something that's not often spoken on, but I think there's been um, a really steep uh, increase in the number of Christians, Christian leaders um, who are committing suicide. And, you know, I know it's taboo sometimes to kind of like say those things, you know, how can, you know, the body of Christ who believes and knows God, you know, commit suicide, right? So we wanted to kind of explore um, does the Bible say anything about suicide? Like, do we see suicide in the Bible? Um, how about depression? Do we, do we see depression? Um, what are some, you know, I guess, tangible things that we can do, right? Because uh, therapy is very effective and very helpful. Um, all those kind of resources that are available and, you know, I believe that God made those things available, right? So he gave the therapist the wisdom. He gave the wisdom and God forbid, you know, if you need medication, he gave the medication. Um, I think what we have to always keep our eyes on is we, we don't have to stay in those spaces. So if you have to take medication, I firmly, I'm a firm believer of you can take the medication, but still believe God for the manifestation of our, your healing, right? So we're already healed, but sometimes it takes a little while before we actually start to see our body or, you know, the manifestation of it within our bodies. So, it's, you know, for me, I, I believe it's okay for you to go ahead and take the medicine, go ahead and go to therapy, go ahead and do those things that you need to do. But at the same time, be very vigilant about praying, be very vigilant about fasting, be very vigilant about seeking Christian counsel in it as well. Like, you know, I think that's also important to use those resources because the Bible provides us with that, with some great resources and some great tools. Um, but I also believe that God has given tools that, you know, we might call worldly, but there are Christian counselors out there. So they, they have the Christian values. Um, they're founded in a relationship with Christ and they're able to talk to Christians on a more biblical or, or spiritual uh, level as it pertains to their health and the things that they may be experiencing. Um, so I encourage you if you're in that space to seek help, um, I encourage you, if you're in that space, please seek help. And I always want to make this available to you, uh, the suicide hotline. The number for that is 1-800-273-8255. Again, that number is 1-800-273-8255. So if you need the help, Please seek out the help. Please seek out the help. So the next thing that you're going to hear is Shar and I's conversation 
We hope that the conversation will be enlightening. We hope that we can bring this conversation to you in light and covered and wrapped in the love of God, wrapped in truth, wrapped in integrity. Um, we hope that we that is something we are prayerful uh, to be able to have this discussion with you um, as we ask God to lead the conversation. So we pray that this gives you some insight um, and obviously drives you closer and closer to God and, and gives you a desire to seek him on a deeper level and absolutely to seek help if you need it. Seek help if you need it. So the next thing that you're going to hear is our conversation. Okay, everyone. So Shar is back and we are talking part two. Hey, Shar. Hello. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know why she her voice is kind of sultry there. Oh, that was my present. I'm sorry. <laughs> really but you know, we're we just wanted to um discuss part two. You know, in essence, uh, suicide in the church. Like we were seeking, you know, questions whether you know the Bible spoke on it because I think last time we we talked about a little bit of our own personal kind of um, encounter. It's been a little while, Um, but just kind of, I think I mentioned for me, like that notion that was always said to me is if like, you know, if you commit suicide, you're going to hell. I don't even know if we covered that last week. Huh? Did we cover that two weeks ago? Yeah. I feel like I said that, um, but we didn't go completely into it Mm because I think we briefly kind of shared, you know, struggles um so I'm like it's been a little while y'all so you know if I didn't but just in case it's just from that notion or that thought process of you know I think hearing that when I was you know younger um and you know dealing with my own uh, bouts of depression or whether it might be like suicidal thoughts and just the idea that Mm-hmm. you know learning or being told that uh committing suicide meant that I was going to hell and I'd learned enough about hell <laughs> to know that that's not a place I wanted to go and it's like you know my whole point of trying to get out of here is to get to heaven so <laughs> not um, going anywhere worse than here <laughs> right so when I heard that like for me that was like okay all right so that's you know it felt like it was not an option but it still didn't necessarily help to navigate the situation it just created a space of fear instead of a space of of love or reverence for god mm-hmm. um and i think sometimes like in the church like we just have to be mindful to create those spaces for people right so like you know um it's re- like shar and i um i guess it's you know my old church <laughs> Her church, possibly my uh, the church that I'll be going back to, um, and you know, we are discussing in our discipleship group um, the love of God. Oh my gosh, uh, the way you're just reading my mind. Please continue. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I think sometimes we we want to be mindful to speak solutions instead of fear and I think old school church Mm -hmm. spoke fear Mm -hmm. instead of just kind of really filling us with 
the magnitude, the depth, the height, the mm -hmm. width, the the tangibleness of God's love for us mm -hmm. and how his desire is, you know, when we think about Jeremiah 29 verse 11, yeah. where he talks about his plan towards us and like he has amazing plans, plans for us. He has people that he desires for us to, to touch, to inspire, to help. And when, when depression sets in or suicidal thoughts sets in, it robs us of this purpose and this plan for Jesus. It, you know, those lonely moments or lonely thoughts robs us of really just basking in God's love for us, right? Yeah. Because we're so busy thinking about, you know, the things that are not going right. And sometimes the devil kind of seeps in with thoughts of not being loved, not being cared about, not being important. Mm -hmm. But the Bible speaks so much about just how important we are to God. You know, when we think about John 3, 16, and, you know, it simply, God so loved the world. And, you know, before salvation, we were the world, right? Mm -hmm. So before we came to Christ, we were, in that definition, the world. And when you really think about, like, just the capacity of God's love, we have to think about, like, when he said God so loved the world. So he didn't say God so loved the Christian you know, those who've chosen to love him, but it says God so loved the world and the world are people who are not yet in relationship with God, who are not yet often acknowledging God or desiring to even love God or to feel mm -hmm. God's love. But he, he's like, I loved you before you loved me so much you that preaching. I was willing <laughs> to allow my son to die for you. Yeah. Um, and I just think that's so powerful sometimes. So when we get into that state of depression or that state of loneliness, it's so easy that those thoughts kind of rob us of, you know, that understanding, that that concrete truth um, mm. of just how amazing God's love is. And, you know, as you know, we got into the conversation on Sunday that it's not God's love is not it's an agape love. Right. Right. So it's a love that's unconditional. So it's not based on us doing the right thing, saying the right thing, stepping in the right directions. It just simply is. God's love just simply is. It is simply ours to possess. It simply mm -hmm. exists for us. Right. <laughs> Whether we we have chosen to receive it or not, it, it just exists for us to be able to receive it. Um, and it's always lingering for whenever we're ready yes. to accept it. For um, every single person. Right. It's available for every single person without condition. Yeah, I love that. Like that agape love is not based on our good works, based on your religion even. Yes. <laughs> like, right? Yes. No denomination of Christian, no sort of like affiliation to any kind of God. Right. None of that matters in terms of agape love it is simply because god is yes, yes. and that is it yes yes fire and i think yes. that's so beautiful yes and, and i love that you brought up discipleship because it's been such a blessing shout out to the fellowship church but um yes shout <laughs> out to uh pastor Choi <laughs> and dr renee dorsey um <laughs> over there in revival fellowship church right you know in newcastle <laughs> if you're in delaware um and that amazing teaching on the love of god Absolutely. and just amazing teaching otherwise um yes. on just really understanding the principles of god like 
I think I've always kind of put that in my podcast that it's been an amazing place of that's where I got my foundation. Um, mm-hmm. That's where I learned to walk in relationship with Christ, not in religion, but in relationship. I learned mm-hmm. how to apply the word uh, to my life. That's mm-hmm. where like you get an amazing, amazing foundation where the word works. <laughs> Amen. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, but yeah. um, part of our, you know, our um, discipleship class has been focusing on the identity of God. And I think that that's something that's like so at the crux of really depression is a questioning of identity and the way we question our own identity. Yeah. And sometimes that's in relation to who we think God may be, but more times it's really about like who we are in our own lives. Yeah. And the fact that our identity really at its core should just be rooted in the fact that God loves us. Right. It's such a like a lifelong walk of understanding. But it is something that each time like when you get a little like an additional tiny little nugget of understanding, it's yeah. so incredibly life changing. It shifts your whole sort of paradigm and way of thinking and understanding because it's not based on you nope. doing anything. No. Nope. <laughs> nope. That's just the most amazing part of it all. Right. It just simply exists. Mm-hmm. Like, and it exists beyond us being in this physical realm. Right. So it just exists for us. Like, no matter where we are, no matter what situation, no matter what darkness, no matter what light, um, it just simply exists. And I, I think, you know, one of the things that's just so important for us to get into a space or a posture of possessing it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's yes. not that love that, you know, your mommy or your daddy didn't give. It's not that love that your sibling or your loved ones couldn't give. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that love. And you know, and it's not even the love when you, when you grow up in an amazing household, it's not mm-hmm. even that love either. Like, mm-hmm. so it's, if you grow up in an amazing household, his love is just far beyond that. Right. Like if you can imagine the best space of love, <laughs> of love <laughs> that you've ever experienced, like God's love is like a thousand times beyond that. And, and I think sometimes it's so hard for us to kind of really grasp that because it's such a big concept. It's such a big reality. And we live in this world where everything is conditional, right? Right. <laughs> um, everything has its classification and depending on what classification you belong to, you may or may not feel like you belong. You may or may not feel like you're loved. Um, but like, I think the one thing that we always want to remember, like, yes, this podcast yeah, um, is mostly um, speaking to the Black experience, but I, I don't ever want it to get twisted, get it twisted that we are, I am fully aware that God does not see color. Mm-hmm. Like, God is not swayed by color. And, and, and honestly... Like color is just a human concept. It's something that we did to create and separate ourselves. The only, the only thing that the Bible is very clear about is male and female. Anything other than that, that was our doing. 
that was our creation to create separation or classes or distinctions. But all of those things, we created them. So this space where we are often ridiculed or we don't feel enough are not constructs that God created. There are constructs that men created mm-hmm. um, in division. order. Huh? Oh, to cause division. Yeah. Right. Right. That cause division. Right. And that isolate us from one another. Right. And, and that's <laughs> not the will of God. Like, that's not the will of God. Like, when I, I firmly believe that we are all one race, we are the human race. There is no idea of color or color construct. Like, that's just our thoughts or our thinking. We're all one color. <laughs> like, depending on how far you are from the sun, pigmentation happened. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, so at the end of the day, like, I think what I'm very also, I'm Christian first. And then uh, I, whatever, whatever, you, you know, then I'm, I guess I'm black and I'm woman and I'm immigrant or whatever. But overall, I'm Christian first. Overall, people are Christian, hopefully. If you're Christian, (laughs) that's the classification that you are first. That's how, that's who I assume. People are people first. Um, Mm -hmm. And all those color classifications are things that we just created. Um, Because as far as God's concerned, we, like, I believe in the Bible. And the Bible said there was Adam and Eve. So there was no, essentially, white man and black man and uh, uh, Asian or Hispanic. (laughs) <laughs> it was just two people <laughs> so we are all, all from the same two people so there's no way we can be from the same people just like right now in reality when we when we look at family structures right um a white family is not going to necessarily say like i come from that black family unless there's an intermarrying or intermingling but for the most part the understanding is that we come from two people so you know, I digress on this topic, but it's just, <laughs> you know, I just want everyone to understand, like, you know, the idea of this was just really to um, really talk about the the classism and how it affects our walk, even as Christians. Um, so it's not necessarily to separate races or, um, but it's just really just to have those realistic conversations that hopefully bring insight to the Christian body as a whole so Mm -hmm. um yeah I just want I just wanted to say that but at the same time it's as we're talking about this topic of uh of suicide you know because we talked two weeks ago about how it's really concentrated in the black community but this this uh week we kind of really wanted to talk about the church and we were kind of like thinking, okay, other than, you know, that terrible saying that I, you know, I heard and at the time received, I no longer receive it anymore um, Mm -hmm. because I don't believe it to be true. Mm -hmm. Um, The Bible is very clear about how one gets to heaven. Can I pause you? Yes. Just for a brief moment. Cause I feel like a lot has happened in the last three minutes. (laughs) So I just want (laughs) to like recap where we were and where we're going just for people maybe if it's their first time like listening to your podcast to give a full scope so two weeks ago we began a conversation on depression and insightfully and with the wisdom of the holy spirit um last week on valentine's day we okay paused um that topic because we didn't think that was best um so 
what began this episode was a, a refresher as to where we were, what's been inspiring us lately. And then a really important thing, which just in case it was missed, which is like the target for her podcast, but just ensuring that you all who are listening understand that, you know, even though in many episodes she'll talk about who she the position she's talking from that is not just limited to people who are black Christians that it's really for everyone so like while that is a focus and really an area of research that began um the whole suicide conversation that's not all it's for so now Thank we're continuing you, with our, yeah I was like you know what <laughs> just just so we're all on the same page. <laughs> I knew I was there, but just in case. She's an English teacher, y'all. Did you see how she pulled out all the main points in the conversation? <laughs> I try, I try. But look at the, 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 you know, the wisdom of God. So yes, yes. As Char just kind of outlined, absolutely all of those things is just, you know, yes, yes. We're, you know, we're continuing the conversation um, mm-hmm. two weeks ago and you know, we wanted to really kind of explore, you know, like, what does the Bible say? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we were talking like, okay, well, does the Bible even speak on suicide? Um, and what you've heard is what I've heard so often as well. The whole thing, like, if you kill yourself, you're going to hell. And I was thinking about, okay, wh- what was the context for someone telling me this? And I literally have no idea because I feel like each time I've heard it, I was minding my business. Like, I don't feel like I was going through it. Yeah. But in those moments, then when I went through it, like emotionally, then like that was something that would come back to mind. And that's not even to say in all of those moments, I was seriously contemplating um, suicide. I have before, but yeah. not necessarily in those moments. So it's just like, where did that even come from? And why is it so incredibly pervasive? Like, we did not hear it in the same place. No. <laughs> and I didn't mean until we were 15. No. And I heard it long before that. So it's just like, wh- where did this come from? And why do we all hear it? And how does that affect our the way we identify God and our relationship with him? And then just actually living our walk. That's yeah. really the focus. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it's a really interesting saying. I don't know where it's I think it's one of those things where when you're young that's why it's so important to search the word for yourself right to know the word for yourself it's one of those sayings that uh adults old school Christians (laughs) um, adults we're adults (laughs) yeah so let me you know old school Christians like when you're younger they tell you these things and they say it so much that you believe it's in the bible and you grow up and then after a while, you start seeking and searching the Bible for yourself. And you're like, where did I get that from? And it simply just doesn't exist in the Bible. Some, most of the time, it's just a, a thought, you know, or a scripture ran wild <laughs> in their minds. So they're like, <laughs> what's a scripture ran wild? <laughs> yeah, like, it's just a scripture. Like, you know, what is it? Mm-hmm. Like, um, uh, now, of course, I can't think of any of the sayings that, you know, maybe they took a part of the scripture mm-hmm. and added some other parts to it. And they're like, yep, the Bible says that. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like half of what you said, it says, but they kind of like take that half and interpret it in a way that is not always helpful or healthy 
um, for the hearer of that word because it doesn't always speak God's love or God's truth. Mm. Um, but it was just like one of those sayings, like, you know, of course it, it um, you know, I'm sure like maybe it kept me alive, <laughs> mm. but um, it's always like Shar says, it's always something and it's not necessarily like always moments of com- like thinking of, you know, committing suicide, but it's, it's always something in any moments where it gets a little, you know, depressing or, uh, or dark. It's always something that comes to mind and it's like immediately snaps like, out because it's just like yeah god I don't want to go to hell (laughs) (laughs) but it's just like god is very clear the bible is very clear that there the way to heaven is through Jesus Christ so if you have claimed Jesus Christ as your lord and savior if you believe that he died on the cross and rose again for you if you believe all of those things you said it with your mouth and you believed it in, in your heart like you made that confession and you believed it with every fiber of your being, you are saved. Mm-hmm. And, you know, suicide is one of those things that robs us of people's greatness, of people's purpose, of people's love, of their light. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't rob them of being able to see Jesus. I don't believe it does. Because if they've, if they've claimed Jesus to be their Lord and Savior, then I don't believe suicide is powerful enough to take away what the blood of Jesus has made or ordained or has given us. So salvation is not that easily um, taken away. Cause you know, like the Bible says, uh, the, the blood of Jesus mm. is not like that of Adam. It's not like the first Adam. Jesus is the second Adam. He's not like the first and, and his blood is not the, like the blood of goats or rams or it's not that same sacrifice it was that once and for all blood and nothing can wipe away his blood once it's been marked over your life. So I don't believe suicide can keep you apart from Jesus or keep you apart from going to heaven. But I do think it robs everyone else in the world of your purpose and of the plan that God desired and of your, of your light. Um, And of essentially this perfect amazing plan that we learn about in Jeremiah 29 verse 11 that God has for you Mm. um you know like I believe that's what it robs us of it robs us of you and of the fullness of the life that God desires for you to live um Shar did you want to add anything because I know I've been talking the whole time (laughs) no no I'm just listening and I mean it's such a tough one because I'm sitting here and I'm thinking like we've been told it where is it coming from and I I appreciate that you're talking about how you know we hear um things we're just used to hearing things so and because of you know someone older telling us this and that person like going to church or being in church all the time us equating that with them like knowing everything you know because we're young and impressionable that we think it's like scripture and I'm sitting here and I'm like looking at (laughs) the commandments and I'm just and so, and so I'm thinking maybe it comes from, maybe that sort of like warning that we got comes from the commandment, like thou shalt not murder. Maybe mm. that's where it comes from. Yeah. And that that's honestly just what I'm mulling over right now. And then just the freedom that comes with Jesus Christ, which is not freedom to sin. It's yeah. freedom from the ultimate consequence of sin and that consequence is eternal death 
And it's like, I just, I cannot, I think right now I'm having a hard time reconciling the two because I don't doubt at all like that message of salvation, but it's so hard for us to unlearn certain things and that unlearning um, only happens with like time spent in the word and like really seeking God for yourself. So like doubting salvation, absolutely not fully realizing salvation. That's like continual for all of us. Yeah. But you know, um, but that revelation is also just something I'm processing because it's the only thing that makes sense to me for salvation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, that either I'm saved or I'm not. Am I? Right. So does that mean that I'm not saved from all sin? Mm. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But of course you know? it does. I don't doubt Jesus. Lord, I need that. Like, yeah. <laughs> of course it does. And, and essentially that's what it is. You know, we are, we are saved. Because if we are to believe that salvation is that fickle, right. then we would then have to believe that the person who commits a sin right before they pass away unknowingly mm-hmm. is not going to heaven mm-hmm. because they didn't get the chance to confess their sin. Mm-hmm. Because if we're saying that suicide is a sin, you know, that cannot be forgiven. Mm-hmm. then if we're saying that if the person, let's say he, they, he or she passes away in adultery, that's a sin. Mm-hmm. Then we're also saying that they're not going to go to heaven, although they have confessed Christ as their Lord and Savior, but they've made a mistake. They've fallen short, you know, and I don't believe salvation is that fickle. Right. Like, I do believe God does not want us to live a life of bondage because sin is bondage. Right. Um, but I do believe his grace, his grace so exists so fully that our sins are completely covered. When we confess our sins, it's not for God to for necessarily forgive us as it is for us to acknowledge that we have sinned and we acknowledge that what we did was... Uh, was not even so much sometimes sin against ourselves, but we have, in a sense, spat on the sacrifice of Christ. Cause division. Cause division. Exactly. We've separated ourselves from relationship with with Christ in that moment Mm -hmm. because God cannot be a part of sin. He cannot cannot be in that space of sin. Mm -hmm. So that means that we've separated. So that repentance comes in in reconciling perfect thank you Shar. and mm-hmm. reconciling us back to god but i also i i just i just firmly believe that salvation is not that fickle right and we know from the bible that there is no small and big and and huge sin right yeah, <laughs> we say do that, that one again go ahead do that one again run it back <laughs> <laughs> like sin is just sin right like, what whatever whatever little lie or little white lie mm-hmm. it's just sin mm-hmm. like those are things that we tell ourselves to make ourselves feel better and to make ourselves judgmental mm-hmm. um, because then we can judge somebody for their big sin and give ourselves grace for our small sin mm-hmm. because at least it wasn't as big as so-and-so at least I didn't cross that line at least I didn't do that but God essentially just sees us as sin 
They see God sees it as so and so crossed the line. And I, as much as so and so crossed the line, I crossed the line the exact same amount of <laughs> Like, <laughs> we are neck and neck. <laughs> That's how God sees it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just, you know, want us to kind of be mindful of, of that when we, you know, really consider those phrases and those sayings, like it's important to search the word for yourself. So like, you know, we, we did, we were like, okay, well, what does the guy, what does the Bible say about suicide? Like, did anybody in the Bible commit suicide? Can we find that? And, you know, there was Abimelech. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> so Abimelech was a king um well he he I guess the real quick backstory and you'll have to go and uh go ahead and read it for yourself it's found in Judges this particular uh, piece that I'm going to read is Judges 9 verse 52 through 54 but uh, Abimelech became king after he killed all his brothers so he essentially, and apparently the Bible says he had 70 brothers. So he, he wiped everyone out um, to make sure that he would take the throne. So in, in 52, it says, so Abimelech came as far as a tower and fought against it. So there was a, there was a, there was a rebellion in, in, this, in the city. Um, and he drew near to the door of the tower to burn it with fire. But a certain woman dropped an upper millstone on Abimelech's head and crushed his skull. Then he called quickly to the young man, his armor bearer, and said to him, draw your sword and kill me, lest men say of me, a woman killed me. So the Bible says, so his young man, young man thrust him through and he died. And it's like, well, he was murdered. And it's like, if we know anything about kingship uh, and armor bearers, they don't necessarily get a say in what they what they ought to do. So back then, if you if to deny the king was death, um, for sure, and to kill a king was death. Mm-hmm. So this young man was put in a really odd place, but in honoring the king's wishes to Abimelech wanted to, I guess, assisted suicide, we can call it. Yeah. That's something we would call it now. But rather than to be say to be to for it to be said that he was killed by a woman, he reverted to assisted suicide. So we see that in the Bible. We see Saul who killed himself to escape um pain after being shot during uh during battle. And or possibly just being, you know, falling into the hands of the enemy. So for Samuel 31 uh, verses three through six says, the battle became fierce against Saul. The archers hit him and he was severely wounded by the archers. Then Saul said to his armor bearer, draw your sword and thrust me through with it. Lest these uncircumcised men come and thrust me through and abuse me. But his armor bearer would not, for he was greatly afraid. Therefore Saul took a sword and fell on it. And when his armor bearer saw that Saul was dead, he also fell on his sword and died with him. 
So Saul, his three sons, his armor bearers, and all his men died together that same day. So again, we see, we see Saul and his armor bearer in this instant committing suicide. His armor, Saul, for fear of falling into the enemy's hand, and he said of quote unquote being abused, and his armor bearer, because he was surely going to die. Mm-hmm. He cannot survive because that meant that he didn't protect the king if the king died. So in that fear or spa- space of fear, he took his own life. Then we learn about Ahithophel. And the Bible mentions, oh, look. Actually, I didn't look up Ahithophel. Sorry. <laughs> I thought I looked him up. Um, but those were, the, I guess those were the two because I had a couple highlighted. Um, but those were the two that I wanted to highlight. And I think one of the conversations we started offline, Shar and I was mm-hmm. talking about Samson. Yeah. And how he died. And it's, it can't, it's debatable, you know, of course, to say that, oh, he didn't die by suicide. But his final wish his final prayer was that God would give him the strength to take as many Philistines as he could with him. Mm-hmm. But in collapsing that, I can't remember what it was called, like calcium maybe. Um, Talks about the pillars. So Pillars, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so by asking God to give him the strength in collapsing those pillars, yes, he killed a lot of Philistines, but he also killed himself. Right. So at the same time, like we have to, and we have to be mindful too. I think when we take a look back at Saul's story, like when you learn about this man who was so powerful, had such strength and how many Philistines he killed and how, how blessed he was. And then to now be in this space where he was blinded. He was a mere shadow of the person he once was. Samson. Have- You're talking about Samson, right? Samson, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I said Saul? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Samson. My bad, y'all. <laughs> um, Saul was also interesting, too. He was, <laughs> he had quite a story, like, you know, not the exact same, but similar uh, with his fall from the throne. But, you know, like, I, I think it's important to kind of think about the fact that it's possible that Samson in that moment was also dealing with some depression, right? Because when you, think of, yeah. when you think about it, he was a mere shadow or ghost of himself. Mm-hmm. He was frail. He was blinded. Like yeah. they, they tortured him. I feel like with the examples you're providing, and then of course, like, maybe all of us think about the same example. We don't even say it, but Judas. And mm. maybe we don't even say it so much because he's like, he, he, he Judas. not be named. <laughs> yeah. Like Voldemort. But it's, you know, this idea of him betraying Jesus and then ultimately realizing to some extent, or maybe to a full extent what he's done and killing himself. And, yeah. um, and I think the pattern that I'm hearing in all of these examples is definitely pride yeah Um, yeah but then this downfall that you're talking about resulting in a separation and the trend is that in all these instances of pride we're not saying people 
in some cases they were like I'm better than whatever right yeah but the the core to this pride issue is like really not knowing their identity not the identity that God gave them not the identity of who God is in relationship to their gift and to their position and to their access yes how are you next to Jesus and you're betraying him (laughs) right what so right there's definitely this like crisis of knowing God and understanding who he is that causes this division that we've been talking about right from our connection with our purpose and our connection which is ultimately with God and then you're isolated and then depression yeah Yeah. and then eventually if not remediated then suicide and that's what I think that's the pattern really in all those examples that you've given yes 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 because you know I I think (laughs) Judas is always an interesting one you were like you know like he he betrayed the homie right (laughs) like (laughs) He didn't just betray anyone. He betrayed Jesus. So we often, you know, don't, yeah, we don't talk about him, but you're right. The truth of the matter is, it's like he was so close to love and he could actually feel it, but yet he couldn't feel it or or he couldn't accept it. Let me say it that way. He couldn't accept it. Love was so close because when you think about it, it's like Jesus washed his feet, like Love washed, love washed his feet. Mm. <laughs> love broke bread and fed him. Mm-hmm. Like love was always so available to him, but yet somehow he never really received it. And I feel like that's why it was so hard to betray himself and to betray Jesus because he never, for whatever it was, like I think when we learn about the the betrayal process of getting the what was it 10 silvers or something like I, I don't remember how much it was um but the coins that he got even mm-hmm. in that process when he goes to get it mm-hmm. you learn something about him that he still did not grab hold of the love of God as something that was that was valuable mm-hmm. because he thought Jesus wasn't even worth, he was only worth those few coins Mm. that at the end of the day (laughs) really didn't get him very far. Right. Because once he, once he committed the act, he realized he truly gave up like love, like Mm. he gave up love. And I just felt, I feel like a a space of emptiness is probably what overtook him. Right. But but there was no one for him to talk to. Mm Mm-hmm. Or he didn't feel like he could talk to anyone. He didn't feel like he could be redeemed. Mm-hmm. And and I think sometimes like that's what, you know, in that moment of trying to quiet voices, mm-hmm. we have to be mindful to, if we're not pumping it in with the word of God, mm-hmm. then we have to go to somebody. Because sometimes mm-hmm. you are in such a dark place that you can't encourage yourself. Right. As that amazing song says, encourage yourself in the Lord. Yeah. You know, sometimes... You, you're in that space where you can't do that. Mm-hmm. And that's, and it's so hard. And, but that's what the wisdom of God will do. It will let you know right. that you need to talk to someone. And we have to be mindful of like, you know, we talked about two weeks ago 
And I, I think Char said it best, and I, I'm going to let her say it again, um, but it's just, you have to find a way to let people know that you're not okay. Yeah. You have to find a way, you have to find that person who you can trust to be able to say, I'm not okay in this moment. I need you, I need you to listen. Maybe you just need them to listen to what you, you have going on. I maybe you don't even have the strength to pray for yourself. So I just need you to pray for me. Mm -hmm. I need to hear somebody who cares about me interceding for me. Sometimes like that's needed. Whatever is that you need. And, and, you know, like, you know, I'm glad you brought up Judas because it's just like that had to have been such a dark place. Cause you know, everyone else, you know, Samson is, own decision you know yes they all their decisions got them into that place mm -hmm. but when, when I when you brought up Judas I just thought about like how super lonely that place might have been for him mm -hmm. because I don't think that Samson thought everybody was against him mm. Ahithophel I keep saying Ahithophel I feel like I need to look him up <laughs> but <laughs> Saul had his armor bearer with him Abimelech had his armor bearer with him each of these men had someone with them right. while they passed. But when you think of Judas, he had no one. Mm -hmm. And it had to be a lonely moment to realize that he, uh, he had betrayed love and he couldn't talk to anyone about, about it. Like a space of feeling like he was not able to be redeemed right. because of the actions, because of his actions and then his thoughts overtaken him. Like... I, think, I think that's a perfect place for us just to pause because when the spirit of depression is sitting, not when, if the spirit of depression is sitting on you, you will hear that description and think, I feel just like him. And mm -hmm. I just want to say right now, that is a lie and that you don't know me. So there may be no reason to believe it, but that is the whole truth. You are absolutely not alone and the yeah. feeling of being alone and hopeless and helpless in your scenario whatever it may be and maybe that scenario is a period of time or maybe it's been or felt like your entire life or maybe it's been your entire life but there that depth of loneliness that we're talking about yeah. that is something to impact the way you walk out your life really because it it's about your mind it's about yeah. what you believe and when you meditate on that and think on that you are not thinking on what's actually true which yes. is that god loves you and that love is not conditional based on anything that you've done yes and in our mind we will look at Judas and say, well, that's the logical thing that would happen to someone who betrays Jesus. But God is love. Okay? Yes, he is. You are here and God loves you. That is a fact. Yes. So nothing, nothing, not, and we have free will, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Not even your death but your death will separate you from the purpose he has for your life where you will continue to see and give and receive that love 
not be today or it may not be tomorrow, but you will. You yeah. will. Because Amen. love is Amen. unconditional. It does not change. Amen. Amen. And like, you know, I think it's interesting too, like, um, you know, as you talked about uh, depression, you know, even that, like I searched in the Bible, okay, where does the Bible touch on depression? And we learn about Elijah. And Elijah, mighty man of God. Uh, <laughs> we learn about him in First Kings. With a bit and, of a temper. <laughs> huh? I said, with a bit of a temper. Right. <laughs> he, he did. Um, but with all the amazing things that he accomplished, like, so First Kings 19 verses 4 through 5 says, and these are all NIV translations. Um, I, I wrote them down, so I believe I got the NIV because I don't see any thou. <laughs> <laughs> and verse 4 says, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat under it, and prayed that he might die. Mm. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he laid down under the bush and fell asleep. And if you continue reading that that chapter, um, it says after that happened that God provided relief for him um, in the midst of, a, of shade. So he's praying to die and God's like, okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and provide you with some comfort. Mm. Um, I'm going to go ahead and shield you in this moment. Um, and then again, he says, uh, in uh, verse 11 through 13, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. Oh, no. Okay, I'm going to save this for later because that one was good. But no. <laughs> um, and we read in verse 13 where God asked for Elijah. So he said, um, then the voice, so verse 13 says, then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Then in verse nine, so uh, um, twice God asked Elijah where he was. So in verse nine and verse 13, um, the Lord said, and the word of the Lord came to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? So each time God kept asking him. So in the midst where he would pour out his heart mm -hmm. and, and say, okay, God, I'm doing this for you, but I'm just, I'm ready to die. And then right. in verse 10, he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me. So he says that's why he wants to die. And when you read the story, um, <laughs> Elijah kept, I think this was Elijah, that kept talking about what was going happening in the king's uh, chambers. Mm -hmm. And and the king, you know, was getting angry with him. Um, and... Oh, because Elijah and Elisha have very similar stories. <laughs> Elisha is his uh, uh, predecessor? Uh, protege. Protege. Mm -hmm. Protege. Thank you. Mm -hmm. English. Um, <laughs> English teacher. Um, uh, Elisha was his protege. So, like, they have a similarity when it comes to dealing with kings and God telling them about what's going on in these kings' bedchambers. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, you know, this does not make these kings very happy as they're trying to get their head. Um, and Elijah, Elijah spoke out 
very like Shar said. <laughs> if if God told him uh, told him to do something or say something, it didn't matter. He was saying it. He was doing it, um, and he was not often polite about it. Um, so in verse fourteen, it says he replied again. So he said again to the again to God, "I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me." So he says it twice. So twice God asks him where he is. And each time he says to God, when he responds, he says to God, God, I'm doing all this for you. And people are trying to kill me. Mm -hmm. And then we, we read in verse 11 through 13. And I, I love this so much. And the, the Lord said, go and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And like, I just thought that was powerful that if, even in the midst of his depression, mm. God is like, these mountain moving events that are happening, I'm not in that. And when you think about depression, depression is all about that little voice that's telling you something contrary to the word of God. Right. And here God is using a whisper right. to speak. Mm. And I just thought that was so powerful that the very thing that essentially was causing him to go deeper into depression is the very thing that God used him, used to bring him out. Hmm. And, you know, so I, I love that scripture. And, you know, God didn't even stop there because God heard him. He said, he kept saying, I'm the only one left. It's just me. Hmm. And you read in verse 16, God said, also, God sent him, to send him on a mission let's say it that way mm -hmm. <laughs> and god said also to anoint um a new king but while he was anointing a new king god sent him to anoint his what is it predecessor protege Pro Pro yeah. i don't know why i keep saying predecessor <laughs> that's the one before um <laughs> but god not only sends him to anoint the king that's going to bring him some relief right but he sends him to anoint the person who's going to take his spot some someone to undergird the mm -hmm. anointing because he kept saying he was alone so in verse right. 16 the god said also anoint jehu king of nimshai king over israel and anoint elisha son mm -hmm. of saphat from abel mohola oh, these names okay, girl <laughs> to succeed you, you <laughs> as prophet and I was just like isn't that the blessing of God he spoke in a whisper mm. Elijah heard Elijah heard and God then brought the answer mm -hmm. this king that's been giving you some issues go ahead and you know of course it's going to make the king that's standing on the throne angry to hear this but god's like 
go ahead and anoint the next kin that's going to take his place. It was almost like God's like, I've already taken care of him. Mm -hmm. So go ahead and anoint the king that's going to take his place. And by the way, go ahead and anoint the one who's going to take your place. Mm -hmm. And I just like, I just thought that was just so amazing. You know, the love of God. Like when you read the Old Testament, sometimes you can really get be like, oh God, God. like God <laughs> seems really harsh. Right. Like, although when you read the, the, the story of the children of Israel, you see God's love and his persistent love. Right. Like when you see his judgment, it can often seem very harsh. Mm. And, you know, one of the things that we were talking about after discipleship group was God's love is always available, but we can, we, we always think that because God loves us, that, that negates the consequences of our actions. Mm -hmm. Like those consequences won't exist because God loves us. So because God loves us, he's just, we just get away with things. Mm. And the, the truth of the matter is when we put things in motion, so our choices put things in motion and those equal and opposite reaction must happen. Mm-hmm. But there, God's love is still in the midst because mm-hmm. the, the fact that you survive is God's love right. and his grace. The fact that you can talk about it is God's love and God's grace. You might cry a little bit, you might tear up a little bit, but the fact that you are standing and you're able to speak about it is God's love that shielded you in the midst of it. Mm. So, and, and you know, like I just thought that was just, an amazing story and then when you read about king david king david when you read psalms that was a depressed man (laughs) (laughs) and he had every right like honestly if you were in his position you'd probably you know he started from a very young boy and you know god used him mightily but talk about overlooked they're not even looking at you to be the next king they're in your house yeah your parents don't even go maybe we should get david (laughs) nope they come to anoint anoint the next king right let's talk about (laughs) overlooked they brought everybody out (laughs) but david David. (laughs) and (laughs) and what was who was it uh oh oh my gosh now i can't remember his name the prophet samuel was it samuel samuel yep samuel Samuel goes and, and Samuel had to be like, well, is there another son? <laughs> right. Is there somebody else? Because like when you read it, the family like clearly did not think about David Mm-mm. to where like you can almost, it almost feels like Samuel start questioning like, did I come to the right house? <laughs> because God, he's not here. <laughs> so he had to say like, is somebody missing? Right. They didn't even be like, oh yeah, these are our sons and there's one more in the field. They were just like, these are the sons. <laughs> and Samuel had to hold in the field bit afterwards. After right. Samuel had to be like, is there somebody else? <laughs> and that's when David is brought forth. And when as you read David's story, it's like then God uses him in a mighty way to kill him. You know, of course, if you kind of read David's story, you might think that he has a certain issue with pride. Mm. Um, he's very confident which might be, could be pride or perceived as pride, but he goes and he slays Goliath and he slays Goliath in complete confidence in who God is and what God has given him the ability to do. 
I love that you bring up David. Like, he was not a perfect man at all. Like, David really murdered a man so yeah. he could effectively marry, like, yeah. that man's wife. Yeah. That's what David did. And then, to, honestly, to David's advisors, the second his first child with Bathsheba died, he's like, well, okay. That might be, like, really confusing and jarring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They might be really confused. But you know what's so beautiful is that David, at, like, he had a spirit of repentance. And yes, repentance is not humiliation. And it's not, um, repentance is restorative. So, yeah. like, where sin causes division, repentance brings you back. And so he was called a friend of God because yes. David, A, knew who God was. And did not doubt that God was a God of love and the God of judgment. Right, right. And, but then also, B, David did not want to be isolated from that God of love. And that's how he could be called friends with that just surety of God's identity. And I think that's an incredible, incredible thing that you can make as many or more mistakes than David. You can, like, commit yeah. adultery I'm not saying this is not permission let me just be very clear it's <laughs> but not, you it's not don't do it <laughs> commit adultery <laughs> and um get somebody murdered not by your hands but yeah. maybe by your hands um and god knows everything else he does and then still just be like but you know what god is god and he loves me and that's where I want to be yeah yeah. And like that's what God is yeah. looking for. Like that that that's does it. not make logical sense in our mind, like our natural mind, because we think you have to earn things. This yeah. whole system of like meritocracy, like you have to be good enough to get things. That's yeah. how people work. But God is not a person. He's a spirit. Right. Jesus right. was the man version of him, or yes. is because he's still alive. But God. His love is perfect. It is not like us. And that is a beautiful miracle that we do not deserve, but we are yes. very grateful for. Because... Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Because <laughs> we do yes, not want it are. to be like us. Yes, we are. We couldn't yes. do it if it was like us. So thankfully it's not. Yes. Like, you know, I love that you said that, and you know, because it was just like, I remember reading about David and it was like, you called him a man after your own heart? Like, What? <laughs> And it's like, like sure? he's doing crazy stuff, God. Like, did you did you, did you read what they said in the Bible? <laughs> because David was a mess. But you know, I love that you said that it wasn't the mess that God cared about. It was the repentance that God cared about. That's what God took notice. You know, mm -hmm. when the Bible says that He He throws our sin. What is it? Um, as far as the east is from the west. Girl. As far as the east is from the west. I'm sorry, you can. They will never touch. <laughs> it will never touch. Mm -hmm. And and David is such a great like we are great examples of that. But when we need to be able to see it outside ourselves, David mm -hmm. is a great example of that. Mm -hmm. And he's also a great example of a man who truly like understood that he was loved by God right. because, you know, it made me think about how he wanted to build a temple for God, but because he'd done so many things that were contrary to the representation that God needed in building his temple, God said to him, 
you won't, your son will build a temple in, in your stead. And mm-hmm. God gave him the directions for building the temple, but he said, you won't get to build it. Like essentially you won't get to physically see this temple, but he knew what it looked like because mm-hmm. he gave the directions to his son and he wasn't upset about it. He wasn't mad about it. He understood mm-hmm. that it was a consequence right. of his action. Right. And I, and I think sometimes we, like, I like when I think about David and why God says that he's a man after his own heart, because sometimes we think because the consequences exist, God doesn't love us. And God, and David was like a great example of recognizing that the consequences exist yet God loves us. Like he loves us beyond the consequences, but because he's, he's a, he's a God that when he spoke his word, he can't take it back. Mm-hmm. You know, we learned about that when God spoke, when God spoke and like, you know, I guess the most tangible thing that I, that's coming to my mind right now is seed time and harvest. Mm-hmm. God has already spoken those things into existence. Mm-hmm. And when we, when we plant an action, that's a seed that we're sown. Mm-hmm. It must be, there must be a harvest of it, good mm-hmm. or bad. Mm-hmm. It just simply is. Mm-hmm. And I, I do believe that there are times and that's where God's grace comes in, because we'll see, we'll hear testimonies where people will say, I deserved to go to jail for life, mm-hmm. but I only went for 10 years. Mm-hmm. That was God's grace. And, mm-hmm. you know, most people look and say, well, God's grace and God's love should have kept that person from jail. But it was God's grace that kept them from doing the time that they deserved. Mm -hmm. And I I think like that's how we have to turn around the understanding of God's grace and his love is that it it doesn't negate his word being true and that Mm -hmm. he cannot take back those the principles that he's already put in place. Mm -hmm. But what he does do and in those moments where he can show us grace in those moments where justice is still served. Mm-hmm. but there's a, a space of grace because he loves us so intently. Mm-hmm. Like he shows it. He allows us to feel it. He allows us to have access to it. And I just want to add, cause I feel like, you know, some people may be listening to this and thinking about like, well, what about people paying consequences for things that they did not mm. do? And you know, yeah. that like that's worth addressing because we do not live in a perfect world we We live in a world where there are so many miscarriages of justice um so like that's real too and so someone not having that same sort of like freedom or someone paying for consequences that they did not do can seem really unfair and really unjust too but that yeah. doesn't mean that God's grace is not there. And that the the unfortunate answer, not unfortunate, but the honest answer that I have to give that's not, I don't think, wholly satisfying until it's you, is that there's grace even in situations that you do not cause yourself. But yeah. one of the realities is that we are living in this life and we are interacting with people. And so we're not dealing with people who have your best intention in mind. Yeah. And that and a byproduct of living in an imperfect world is that you're dealing with imperfect consequences and just these realities, but it doesn't mean that God's grace is not there. And I think that that's something that we see when we are, when that's us is when we look from the outside and say, that doesn't look fair. I see no evidence of God's grace, 
but I've been in situations where like it doesn't look so good and then time passes and I'm like I had no idea this is what I was there for yeah yeah so yeah yeah God's grace it's there it's present it's always there it's always there but the realization of it fully now that Take some that time. Comes with, yeah, some time and it honestly with time. prayer. And that's one of the best ways to expedite that. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think that's so good that you said that because, you know, I've had my own personal experience with, you know, like one thing I can think in particular, and I'm not going to say the whole, but it completely changed the trajectory of my life. And mm. it was something that I didn't do. It was something that, I was not guilty of, Mm. but yet still I was essentially found guilty of it. Mm. And I had to pay, I had to deal with the consequences of it. Mm -hmm. Although it wasn't something that I did. Mm -hmm. And I remember like, you know, it was really hard. And even sometimes like as an adult, like when I I think about it, because it still has an effect on my life today. Mm -hmm. um, It's like, okay, God, like, why didn't you stop that? Like, why didn't you protect? But in those moments, all the things that I had to go through, all the ways that were created mm-hmm. for me to recompense in that situation mm-hmm. created my love of advocacy, mm-hmm. created my my love of justice, of truth. Mm-hmm. It 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 brought something different. Let me just add, she is very vocal for advocacy. <laughs> so very like to not be caught on the wrong side. <laughs> very because that's not gonna work out so well. <laughs> so. But that situation gave me permission. Mm-hmm. to be to be those things to be an advocate to be vocal to be someone who wanted to help and don't sell was- that short because it also like there are so many things you should not have access and opportunity to have done because yeah. of that and you have and there are people who are, like have different situations and look and are just like well how was she able to if xyz and it's like God, that is that is God. God. That is faith. That is prayer. That is prayer working. That is if you believe it works. It works, yeah. Yes, it It works. It definitely does. Yeah, absolutely. Whatever, whatever it is that you're going through, whatever voices that you're hearing, just know that God's work, God's word works. Mm -hmm. When we apply our faith our belief stature to it and we apply our our walk in we so it could be walking it out like actually physically doing something it could be just fasting and praying mm-hmm. whatever that step is that god puts on lays on your heart for for you to do do those things mm-hmm. like it doesn't matter and i and, and i know like and i say this to somebody who you know is still going through some things mm-hmm. but i'm fully convinced that God has an amazing purpose, an amazing plan for me. Yeah. Like I'm fully, like I, I was talking to my, uh, I was talking, I think I told you, Shara, too. I was like, after I graduated in 2011 from college, mm-hmm. I just got my degree. Like I just physically held my degree like last week because mm-hmm. I never <laughs> had the money to finish paying for it. Mm-hmm. Finish the, finish the program. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I finished. Yeah. I, I, I. You know, my jobs can call them and verify that I finished. Yeah. But I could never produce, um, you know, a 
official transcript that's you know in a sealed envelope i can produce an unsealed envelope transcript unofficial <laughs> transcript um but i couldn't <laughs> do the sealed because i owed the money mm-hmm. and i couldn't i i couldn't see my physical degree because i owed the money and it took 11 years mm-hmm. and it's not to say that god couldn't have done it before but god did it mm-hmm and I was and I was able last week to physically hold my degree. Mm-hmm. So it's just like it's not that space and that length of time. God has no no concept of that. That's us. Right. Like it's us that continue to tell God when to do things. Mm-hmm. He does it in perfect timing. Mm-hmm. We just have to do our part. And I think right now the 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 message is to learn how to walk in complete like understanding and complete fulfillment of God's love for us. And, you know, I'm going to try to make, see if I can find the, I don't even know if it's online. I wish it was online, the discipleship teaching. Um, but if I can get a hold of it and share it somehow, I'll make sure that I attach it to the show notes. Mm. But it's just that understanding of God's love. Like once we get an understanding of God's love, then the things that bother us, the things that are attacking us, they become so small. Right. Because we recognize that although they exist, they cannot truly hurt us. They cannot truly stop our plan, uh, God's plan, God's purpose for us. Right. And I just want to encourage you um, with, as we come to a close, <laughs> sound like church, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ephesians 3. Um, I think I'll read. Let's see. Let's do verse 19. Let's start. Nope. Let's start 18. Where would you like us to turn, Pastor K? <laughs> uh, Ephesians. <laughs> I wish I could do like uh, the old school. <sighs> God, I used to do that. Okay, let, let's Thank not. God. Probably shouldn't. <laughs> but let me stop. Um, hopefully, you know, this is bringing you some joy because we also wanted it to be light. It's such a heavy topic. Um, but we also want, want you to feel some joy as you listen. Um, but Ephesians 3, let's do, oh my gosh, it's also good. I'm going to read 14 through 21. It's a lot and I'm going to try to read it fast. And then at the parts that I really want to emphasize, I'll read it slow. Can I? Okay. <laughs> Are you reading King James or... Um, NIV or NLC what are you reading um, this is the NIV translation okay you know I figure you guys didn't want to hear in that art which I love the King James version it's it's honestly my favorite version well let's do both I'll read King James and you'll be okay one. so 14 to 21 you said yes do you want to okay. go first then okay sure um so Ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 through 21 King James version for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth 
and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Amen. And the NIV translation says, starting at verse 14, for this reason, I kneel before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep the love of Christ and to know his love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So we wanted you to really just hear this love that God wanted to pour on you, right? (laughs) Through scripture. Oh my goodness. Like, so much love (laughs) we wanted you we wanted to end with that we wanted you to know that is a declaration of god's love for you like john 3 16 is like the boom box like of decorations like (laughs) but this is the lyrics that's pouring out of that boom box right now (laughs) go ahead music metaphor do it thank you (laughs) (laughs) but you know like (laughs) <laughs> we want you to know, like, God loves you. It does not matter what happened, what's happening, what's going on. God he loves is able you. To, yeah, he loves you. And he, you know, all you have to do is just call on him. Like, he will meet you right there in the midst of it. And I think, like, you know, I mentioned in the in the intro that... <sighs> Like there are other tools out there. God is the ultimate tools, like mm-hmm. praying, fasting, you know, seeking wise counsel mm-hmm. is the ultimate tool. Mm-hmm. But there are other, there are other tools that God has given us, whether mm-hmm. depending on what situation you might be dealing with, if it's something like a chemical imbalance that you might need some medication, mm-hmm. seek that medication. If it's something where you might need a therapist, Seek that therapist. They're a Christian-based therapist that will speak the word of God into your life mm-hmm. and help you to navigate the challenges that you're going through. And yes, God is an ultimate healer. Mm-hmm. And we believe that you are healed. Mm-hmm. And there, But to understand that there are moments until your healing is manifested mm-hmm. that you may need to take those pills. Mm-hmm. But continue to believe that your healing is yours. It is yours. It is yours. Until so you no longer need the medication you no longer need 
um, whatever avenue you might need to to explore for your health and for your healing. And do not be ashamed. Do not. Their shame is something that is it's, used to isolate you, make you feel by yourself. You are not by yourself. If you're listening to this, you know there's at least two not. other people who felt the way you might be feeling right now. Yes. So, like, you are not alone. Don't let you're shame not. make you miss an opportunity to ask for help or be a, be hesitant to ask for help. Don't let shame um, pause you. Like, right now, we need to reach out. One thing Kay mentioned earlier is that I had learned to um, tell people, like, I, my, my saying was, I'm not feeling like myself. That was the mm-hmm. way that I was, like, brave enough at a time to articulate when I was just going through a season of depression that I really generally did not feel like myself. But for me, that was a more palatable way to put it. Like, whatever that is for you, um, but someone needs to hear it. Some, and honestly, the go-to source, like Kay said, that's God. But you also have to be honest with where you are and where you are in your faith. And so, like, there have been times when I just knew if I didn't reach someone, yeah, I, I knew that I was at the end. And there are other times when it was just pain and I was just crying it out with God. Yeah, but you have to be honest about where that is and then no matter no matter where you are one extreme or the other extreme it all involves communication whether that's with your heavenly father with somebody else it all involves communication so don't you cannot cannot keep your mouth closed you have to call out you need to ask for help yes make sure you do that yes because you know we need you (laughs) <laughs> like, definitely do. the world needs you and whatever god has placed in you so we are going to end on this note like verse 16 is is calling to me mm-hmm. um and and we're gonna pray the word mm-hmm. i pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep his is the love of Christ. Mm-hmm. And to know his love that surpasses knowledge that you may be fulfilled to the measure of all the fullness of God. In Jesus' name, we do pray. And continue reading. Like, if you're in that space and you need to, that that scripture that we read in the King James Version and in the NIV translation is Ephesians 3, verses 14 14 through 21. Mm -hmm. Maybe even try reading in the message version if you need it to be broken down a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But... I'm a fan of NLT, just throwing that out there. NLT is a delight. And the NLT version as well. Mm -hmm. Like, go ahead and read this and read John 316. Yes. We all know it, (laughs) but read read it again and read it in different translation. Like, read it again and read this again and just recognize and accept Mm-hmm. just how much god loves you and sure you're gonna do the 
the outro the outro with me outro but outro? my my accent Wait. my accent always gets in the way what are we I, supposed to be saying what's happening uh the, oh what's the word outro outro oh okay it sounds so weird what to you, me am i saying it wrong <laughs> As yeah, a, as we leave the saying, podcast confused, yeah. Like every it? now and then, I'm not from here, so oh, like umbrella, yeah, well, yeah. No, words yeah. trip me up sometimes, and coming up, you yeah. know, I knew it before I got on this podcast, but <laughs> I can't think about it anymore. Wait, what's what's the outro? What am I supposed to be saying? Why don't you know this? Until I, next time, I, see ya, and then we do a little giggle. What? So. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, ready? Wait, no. <laughs> what should I be doing? Until next time. Oh, hold on. Also, shout out to um Crush. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to edit that. <laughs> no, Don't for the authenticity it. of it. Thank you. Um, we're going to keep this ending so you get to see, like, this is our dynamics. And that's why it's so important to connect with someone who knows and loves God um, and loves you. And um, because then you can be your full authentic self yes. and know that it's okay so um, on Instagram. yes jeez <laughs> okay until next ready time. no oh. wait you got away from me this is f- okay, okay. <laughs> ready uh-huh should you count down i like you say ready and i don't know what that means though like oh. one two three so you guys are hearing <laughs> our awkwardness and we're gonna leave it just in case you need a laughter because this is how we live our life in real it's life how we it is how we live our life yes it is it is. it is yes like I'm we are yeah. adults who you know still dabble because adulting is born right dabble <laughs> we to do that all the time so yeah um i was recently right. asked about our age just so you know okay and huh? then I was, someone actually just asked me about our ages today. It's really funny. I'll tell you about that. Really? All. Yeah. Oh. Not surprised. Of course we're 21. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> but all we're right. adults. We are. Right. All right. We've been adults for some time. Okay. Yeah. Let's get off. Okay. Three, two, one. Until okay. next time. time. See ya. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>